Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Nora Jones. And today I'm playing along with Max Clark of Cutworms. I'm just playing along with you. I'm just playing along with you. Hey, I'm Nora. Thanks for joining us. With me, as always, is Sarah Oda. Hi there. Our guest today is the incredibly talented singer, songwriter, guitar player, and illustrator. Oh, yeah. Max Clark of Cut Worms. That's the band name. Cut Worms. What does it conjure? I like saying that. I'm a huge fan of his. His music is amazing. You should check it out. He also has a new album out. Uh, yeah. Not only do you get to hear his beautiful new music, but there's also a very special duet in this episode that I think you will love oh. if you like harms. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I did it. <laughs> harms. This is a harm, harm rich. Harm heavy. Yeah. Harm heavy episode. Harmony heavy. Yes. We hope you enjoy this episode with Max Clark of Cutworm. I don't know if you know this at all, but I'm obsessed with one of your songs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been. A couple years ago that you had covered it, and that was like a shock to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> just like woke up one morning and yeah, it was like, I don't know who, somebody pointed it out to me. I did it on this live stream I was doing during the pandemic. Like every week I would do four songs. Mm -hmm. So this song was on... It was on like a bunch of playlists that my husband had going and it kept showing up. And every single time, I don't know if you listen to a streaming platform. Yeah, yeah. I listened to a few. Yeah. So like they make these playlists for you. There's often so many songs that I like. And I, I asked him every time who it was. Oh, it's just cut worms. I was like, I love it. And then, you know, the song keeps coming back and you always forget who it is because or I do because um, there's just so many different people on these playlists. Right. And then finally, I like stole it and I put it on this morning playlist that I made. And um, we listened to it every morning during that time where we were home every day. Oh, wow. And not only is it an amazing song, but my kids who are seven and nine, every time it comes on now, and it still comes up all the time. We still listen to it all the time. <laughs> and um, they always say how much they love the song. And they say, oh, my God, this song is so nostalgic for me. And they use that word. <laughs> Because it brings them back to that time when we were just all together every day and we were listening to this song. Oh, that's real. That's really nice. Yeah. So, this song will stay with my kids for their whole lives, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I covered it, and I was wondering. Oh if, no, I thought it was great. If we could do it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Where did this song come? It's on an album from. It was among a bunch of demos I did, home demos, um, before I was signed to a label, and it ended up going on the first EP that. They put out uh, on Jag Jaguar, um, and I recorded it. I started recording it in Chicago, and then we moved to New York and like finished it here. I mean, it's kind of sort of thing that I had done before. I I started writing it. I remember like the day that Lou Reed died. Hmm. Um, 
it was tentatively titled Sunday's Morning, like like M O U R N. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of dumb, but the uh, the lyrics I took from I had the tune for a while and didn't wasn't really sure where it was going. Um, and then I was I had uh, been reading a season in hell that Arthur Rimbaud. It's like the rock and roll poet, you know, it's okay. like Patti Smith and Bob Dylan are all like, I, I heard about him through them, okay. like uh, reading them. And um, so he had, there's actually a poem in that book called Song of the Highest Tower, which I uh, partially just took a couple like stanzas from and then and like the choruses basically are. It like weirdly just fit right into the tune that I had. I had so, yeah. and then I just added some some other verses of my own, um, and just kind of I don't know. I didn't really think about it that much. I just like did it. Or that's the best way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, afterwards, I was like, "Am I allowed to?" Yeah. What to happened do with all that? <laughs> I mean, no one's come come to sue me yet. But right. I mean, it's it's like 18th century French poetry i don't know um yeah i um during the the pandemic the words i mean the words are just so i mean when i think back to that time i remember driving the car once and just getting some fresh air and listening to this song and just with with a friend of mine who we were quarantined with and it was just like we were just both kind of sobbing but also like laughing it just felt so good it's like the perfect encapsulation of that melancholy feeling where you feel good and sad to me yeah anyway um well, sorry th thank you yeah, it's, i appreciate it's hard to that. talk about stuff before you play it yeah. <laughs> it's kind of no. silly that's okay i mean we should just play it stop talking about it and be about it
so many floats in some senseless parade.
funny because when I recorded this song, I mean, when I played it for that live stream, I think I felt more exposed than I've ever felt. Well, first of all, I was covering a song by someone that you always feel a little bit like you mm -hmm. don't own it, you know? And I think you have to own it to cover it. Yeah. And I, I did it on piano. I don't think I did it on guitar. And it's such a strummy song. Mm -hmm. And then I got to like the fourth or fifth verse. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is a long song for me to carry. So, yeah. <laughs> you know? but I mean, it was great because the lyrics are so great, but it is a long song. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it goes on and on. It's like, I kind of ran into the thing on, on my last record. There's, I was just writing too many, like, really long songs. So, for the, on this most recent one, I'm trying to go the other way with it. Write some back, get back to the shorter, short and sweet ones. I think it's great to have a long song. I think it's hard. It's hard to write a long song for me. Yeah. I'm really bad with lyrics. You must just write a lot of lyrics there, there are a lot of story songs right yeah yeah i mean i i guess i once i get into to the writing thing i'll you know, sometimes it takes a really long time to write words for me um, but uh if i get on a, a roll or whatever then i'm then i'd start getting precious and don't want to cut things out when maybe sometimes i should but <laughs> i don't know <clears throat> i kind of think it's your world that you're painting so people love it Sometimes I think songs are too short. Like yeah. this one, part of what was so satisfying for me about this song during that time was that it was long. You could wallow in it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Which felt really good. And yeah. usually when it was done, I played it again. Yeah. So when it's really short, it, you know, it's less satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like the, um, right around that same time, Bob Dylan came out with that uh, Murder Most Foul, that yeah. like 16 minute one. I remember that, yeah. And uh, I kind of feel the same way about that one where it's like, it is so long that you just kind of like live in it. But even even though it is so long, like when it's done, I like want to play it again. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you're used to it by then. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like a long one. It's really nice hearing the, I mean, you're such a really great piano player getting uh, those like accents and, and things in there Thank you. it's really nice i like it how the guitar just sort of plays over the whole thing on the recording so it's fun to do that yeah good chords when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply where are you from um uh, originally from cleveland ohio or really? the how suburbs long you, how long have you been in new york eight and a half years it'll be i think it'll be nine years we moved here on halloween so on halloween it'll be nine years i think which is crazy that's a fun day to move to the city <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah it's uh i mean the time flies here it's like i know that that whole thing of like the New York minute or whatever is true. I think it is. It's yeah, goes by fast. But do you love it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like we've talked about maybe moving upstate, my partner and I, at some point. But once you're here for so long, it's like kind of hard to like nothing else really compares to like the energy level. Yeah, you know. 
And and you'll 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 feel like you're missing out. I feel like if you move out of the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys live anywhere between Cleveland and here? Lived in Chicago for eight years. Okay. Um, I went to art school there, and that's where my partner and I met. Caroline Golke is her name. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah. Art school, like visual art? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's I, cool. Yeah, I went to school for illustration, technically, cartooning. Really? <laughs> yeah, which is uh, not the most lucrative field either. <laughs> uh, it's cool, though. Yeah, yeah. Do you still do it? Yeah, I still do it. I've done, like, artwork and stuff for... Um, myself and i i mean i've often done most of my own artwork um for the last record i did like like a comic panel kind of thing for like each song which was like ended up being like a full poster of like 17 things that i was pretty happy with recently did a a cover for a bob dylan book by this guy grail marcus oh yeah Um, i know that guy he's a classic music critic he's one of the top guys of the rock biographers of the 20th century i would say yeah music that's nice so that was cool always do both things yeah i think it helps to like for me anyways i feel fortunate that i can if i'm like burnt out on one thing like switch gears to the other thing for a little bit yeah um i think that's important really important i don't really have another hobby that's big for me but i have little hobbies that and helps. What are your little hobbies? Right now, nothing, which <laughs> means I need to find one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to have more. <laughs> I need to get my life back. Yeah. <laughs> back in order, I think. So you have a new record. That's exciting. What's it called? Uh, it's self-titled, so just cut worms. Band name, by the way. Great band name. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, some people don't think so. I mean, I think it's... Uh, well, I think it brings up imagery of an actual cut worm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I kind of liked the the idea of um like a band name that doesn't sound like what the music like the zombies yeah like you don't you wouldn't think that the zombies sound like they do Uh, yeah they're like soft but it's like sort of scary sounding (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i like that we should do one of the tunes from the new record yeah which one i like i mean i love the whole new record it's so great but thank you let's try can we try too bad Mm -hmm. this one's really Good. It like makes me feel so good. <laughs> well, thank you. This one sort of felt somewhat in the same <clears throat> realm as "Song of the Highest Tower" when I was writing it. I think. I ca- I think I kind of felt that. Can I take a verse? Was that bold? Too bold of no, me? No, please. Really? Yeah. Oh uh-huh. 
Sounded great. That one's fun to play. Thanks. Yeah, the, rhythmically it gets a little weird from like the 
choruses to the verses or the verses to the choruses, but I feel like that that sounded good. When did you start playing? Probably when I was like eleven ish. Uh, yeah, my mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> brought me, <laughs> bought me a like hi, a, a garage sale guitar for like five bucks, and I learned how to play Iron Man on it. On uh, it had like <laughs> had like one low E string. <laughs> so Perfect. That, that was all. All I had. You just taught yourself Iron Man. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) When did you finally get some strings? Uh, Well, shortly thereafter. Okay. Um, And then my uh, my uncles on my dad's side both played music and played guitars, and they would sometimes have them around. Like when we would go visit down, they're down in Oklahoma. Oh. um, Okie country. Yeah. Did they teach you stuff then? Yeah, yeah. So they kind of like wrote me out basic like chord charts and stuff. And I took guitar lessons for a few months when I when I was back in Ohio. But then I was too impatient to like learn how to read music, which I I kind of regret now. But I don't know. I mean, reading music is great, but. It doesn't matter as long as you can feel it, right? Yeah. I mean, I uh, mainly now it's like I've been listening to a lot more like jazz and stuff. I really wish that I could play like jazz piano. <laughs> um, but like you just can't, you can't like fake that really. You can't like do it unless you know like theory and stuff. I mean, you can always learn. Yeah. But do you, do you write on piano a lot? Uh, I don't, I usually don't have access to a piano, but I have like a, a little keyboard that I play on sometimes yeah unfortunately it's just really hard to get access to like a real piano in the city yeah um, it's true it's hard it's hard to have a piano in the city yeah at all. i feel like switching instruments to write is a really good way to get out of your lane definitely yeah, yeah. i'm definitely not as good on piano as i am on guitar which i'm not even that good on guitar either but um <laughs> it is like a different like seeing the notes all laid out it can if I'm get if I get stuck, you know, you can kind of sometimes get out of it that way. It's such a different way to look at. Well, you can actually look at it, right? I guess with the guitar, you really can't. You're just making shapes and hearing chords. Yeah, and it's all laid in front of you, and it's a really big. Like only recently have I started really like trying to use the bottom and the top a mm-hmm. lot. I have a friend, Thomas Bartlett, who's an amazing piano player, and he plays the piano like he's in like a whole orchestra. Oh, yeah. And so I feel like watching him play, I got kind of inspired to use more of it. That's cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do you come from a jazz background? Yeah. You, you do. I mean, I you're, do. Are all your records on Blue Note? They are. I mean, that's like really cool to me. That's yeah. Like, I mean, Blue Note is such a cool jazz it has such good history, and there's so many classic albums from yeah. back in the day. I mean, yeah. your your label mates with like Coltrane and <laughs> Miles Davis. So, but you know, I don't. I feel like there's a lot of jazz in what I do, but I wouldn't call any of my albums straight jazz albums. Necessarily. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can definitely hear the jazz in them. I think, but yeah. there's like a pop sensibility that's not always there in jazz, which yeah. I like. I like that. Stuff. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I think I come from listening to country music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Too. I like three chord songs just as much as I like a complicated chord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. You actually have a song on your new record that does have kind of some more... It's, my, it's poor man's jazz. No, it's not. <laughs> well, I mean, there's such a relation between jazz and just old-timey 
pop. I, mm-hmm. What am I saying? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's like a relation between jazz and older. Well, it all kind of came from the same place, you know. Yeah. Like I I see pop the current modern pop song as like having its roots way back in like show tunes in the 20s and stuff which was all yeah. intermingled with jazz and Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there were some chords in this song is it magic that I I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of vocals on it, but I think we can do it. It might take me a minute. Yeah. Once yeah. I hear what you're doing, because mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly which one you're doing on some of them. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of had to like go back to my session <laughs> files and like <laughs> strip down some of it to see what my root thing was. But I. Well, it doesn't matter. I'll follow yeah. you. You recorded this uh, upstate New York? This one I actually did all on my own, home recorded, yeah. Okay. Or like a little studio thing I have in Brooklyn. Do you do a lot of that home sort of recording stuff? Yeah. Have you for a long time? Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I feel like doing home demos and I, I, you know, I've had like a little digital eight track thing that I've had for years that's part of the songwriting process for me i feel like yeah. um but that's so fun yeah and you do a bunch of harmonies and yeah it's like instant gratification being able to just layer up harmonies but um i wish i did more of that i've never been very techie i know that like if you get an eight track it's pretty simple it's yeah i mean like... i'm i'm not at all either that's why i like it just because it's kind of like hard to mess up yeah. like <laughs> i've wanted to like i mean i love like old tape machines and stuff but i'm just like not technically minded at all so if it breaks i'll just get really frustrated and like <laughs> always break yeah, right i'll tell yeah. you i that's what i hear yeah i own a tape an old tape machine and it's in storage <laughs> yeah but they're great if you have someone to fix them on the spot mm-hmm. all right this is is it magic i almost wanted to do like a <laughs> that's cool yeah I don't know. I hear that on it. Yeah. Oh 
Straight up. <laughs> That's a great one. I, those harmonies are, they got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. I was trying to do like um, Brian Wilson meets um, late era Bob Dylan doing the Frank Sinatra tunes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That makes sense. Do you love Brian Wilson? I do, yeah. yeah. It's one of, my, one of my very favorites. It's pretty deep, all that stuff. Yeah. And thick with. The, com- the harmonies are so complex that you think, whoa, this is really heady, but then it's really hearty, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the best of combinations. Where does your love of harmonies come in? Because I can hear it in everything you write. I mean, everything recorded anyway. I've always liked that stuff. The Everly Brothers were like a revelation to me when it when I first heard that because I was already so into the Beatles, and then I realized that like that's where they got that from, Yeah. Uh, that that aspect of of the close harmonies and stuff. I mean, they did more on top of it. Some of the early stuff, like they were, they've said that they just were trying to be the Everly Brothers. Um, I mean, who isn't yeah. at this point? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. At some point, just like in doing the home recording stuff and overdubbing vocals, I realized that I could kind of do that. Another person who I really love uh, is a uh, Skeeter Davis. You mm. know her? Yeah, I do. Uh, which she, it, well, they start, started off, it was um, her and her sister, similar to the Everly Brothers, like doing close harmonies. And then I think her sister very early on died in a car accident or something. Oh, wow. 
But then Skeeter Davis went on to have like a career in pop music in the in the sixties and seventies and stuff. But then, but she just uh, she had all that like knowledge of harmony, so she harmonized with herself with overdubs, mm-hmm. um, which I felt like I don't know somehow akin to to what I like. I, I mean, she she's like incredible. Like her, I always I'm I'm jealous of like the female voice that can go so high. Like <laughs> oh, like on yeah. that Carol King. <laughs> demo i sent you something about those close harmonies when it's like in that higher register is like next level to me when yeah. it's close and high it's pretty special yeah but the everly brothers had that too because they had such high voices right, right yeah they could pull it off too yeah i definitely hear that in your music you know it's it's got the flavor of all that i mean i the, can tell you love those those close harmonies yeah the best that it gets i feel like is when you can't like tell them apart sort of or you can't pull them apart in your mind it's like you can't listen to one or the other because you don't know which one's dominant right yeah yeah that's what i like about that are you into gillian walsh and david rawlings at all yeah yeah they do a lot of that close harmony stuff i used to tour with them and i would always sing along backstage like the third harmony Mm -hmm. (laughs) i thought it doesn't work it's it's so not needed at all the third harmony because it's so much cooler without it. Basically, yes. it's the thing. It's like got the dissonance and the. It's just on the cooler side without it. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to. I mean, especially with doing overdubs and stuff, the third harmony's there or the fourth or the whatever. Uh, but then it's better to not put it in sometimes. It's, like, yeah. yeah, it's way better. And people, I feel like people still hear it in their brains. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the space is the place sometimes. You want to do that tune? Sure. That Carol King tune? <clears throat> I guess we'll we can kind of do like the Everly's version of yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, that I'll was the first version you. I heard of it, but Which the one? the Everly Brothers okay. version. but but that's a, yeah. I've never heard that version, the Carol King version. It's from a demos sort of yeah. recording, probably released later. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I'm such a huge fan of her. I she's know, she's, she's like the best of the best in my book. Mine too, and I don't even think I realized certain songs that she wrote. Like I didn't know she wrote this song. Oh no! Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many. So <laughs> many that my first songbook was a Carol King songbook. Oh really? And it was the first time I learned how to read chord changes instead of just reading the, the notated notes. <laughs> Get that cha cha cha. Yeah. <laughs> Get our cha 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 on. Uh, okay. Will you take <clears throat> this the middle bit? Please. Sure. Please, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. All right. Crying in the rain 
sun I may be a fool But till then, darling You'll never see me complain I'll do my crying in the rain I'll do my crying in the rain Cool That was fun <laughs> Yeah Get our Everly on yeah, I saw. I mean, I know that you've done. You you must be a fan because you did that whole thing with Billy Joe Armstrong. I did, and I I was a fan, but that was totally spearheaded by him. He really, yeah he he really wanted to do the whole album, like a, do a version of that album. And I'm not sure. I'm still not really sure exactly where it came from. Uh-huh. But I remember I was like, let's just try a song and see how it goes. He's like, okay, but that's not really what I want to do. I want to do the whole album. And I was like, that's really ambitious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a lot on there. Yeah, and we, I mean, I knew him from meeting him, but and I really liked him. He was super nice, but mm-hmm. we'd never sung together, and I didn't know how we were going to blend, because that, that's ambitious to, to do, because oh, of yeah. the blend. For sure. Their blend is so special. But we ended up doing it. It was, it was Blast, and um, I love how it came out. It's very different from their original record, so it's it was fun. Mm-hmm. But that was all him. But I do love them. I mean, I grew up on them completely. Yeah. Like most people. Did you just always sing, like, growing up? Um, Did you go to church or anything? Uh, We didn't. I mean, we went to church on, like, holidays oh. sometimes. You know, like, we weren't in church choir or anything? Nah. I maybe sang just for my, by myself um, in secret. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, I was always pretty, like, shy about that and most things and i mean i'm still pretty like i was never like a natural performer really i kind of like forced myself like i wanted to be but then i just wasn't really so like in high school when i first started playing open mics and stuff in in cleveland i had a, a good friend of mine who would come with me and we'd drive 45 minutes away to like a another town so i would have no chance of running into anyone that i i knew were you able to put on a different persona because sometimes people hide behind that as a way to be more comfortable on stage right yeah i mean maybe to some extent um i don't know if it's 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 nothing like it's not like bowie or anything it's not like that obvious i always wanted to do that and i feel like my my time, you know, it's too late now to start it in my my <laughs> career. Yeah. Like people would think it was weird, but I wish I had had something like that because I was also not a natural performer in that way. I feel like the music was always good, but as far as like you know, being charismatic Be- being on stage, front, it's hard. Front person, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I had a wig from the beginning, you know, <laughs> like a right. pink wig or something. Yeah. Let's take us out on um, another favorite song of mine i love that sold my soul song oh yeah sure yeah that's a good one when did you start playing i mean obviously your your dad was uh like pretty massive Um, he was but i didn't grow up with him oh no no i mean we saw each other on and off but i never lived with him Mm -hmm. and then when i was nine we were kind of estranged for another maybe nine years after that so we didn't even talk or see each other Mm -hmm. but i started playing piano when I was seven, yeah, I took piano lessons, and I always play. I always sing in church choir. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I didn't really see my dad play even until I was eighteen. Oh wow! And I was like, 
oh wow i knew he was like really good but mm-hmm. this is a whole other level it's <laughs> yeah. also coming from jazz and it's just so different from anything i'd yeah. heard his music was so complex in some ways but also super simple but yeah church choir was big for me so that's why i'm always curious about if people grew up in the church playing music because i feel like that's a huge thing for a lot of people yeah i mean i know a lot of um r&b and soul artists that i love um like you know sam cook or marvin gay like they all came out of like gospel and yeah a lot of what i like about it is stuff that comes from that i never really like knew that until later on Uh, the church that i went to wasn't really like the church that they went to i I don't think (laughs) same here it wasn't a gospel church at all but i still sang in it and that that was helpful Mm -hmm. I did always like the like the organ music and stuff, though. Yeah, it's special. I feel like growing up with music in that way, it makes it it takes all the think thinking out of it because it's focused on worshiping right. God. You know, it's focused on this one other thing mm-hmm. that's pretty big. Right. <laughs> like there's no like songwriting analysis yeah, <laughs> when it comes yeah. to the songs, but they come from the heart, which is also much nicer sometimes. Yeah. Or not. I told Sarah, I got to check out the new album, but tell them I want to do the Antique Roadshow song. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I realized that it wasn't called that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could have called it that, but... I, no, I, I'm glad you did. didn't. Didn't want to go my soul. F- full on um, no. commercial. Sold my soul is much deeper. <laughs> <laughs> Blue days and black nights 
Men like birds of prey Neath the masthead burning bright I saw it on display Like imitation Fabergé Ogled by the midlife herd Then the signal came on through That dream come true Leaves you at a loss for words I sold my soul somewhere so long ago Oh, I didn't think too much at the time I was young and I didn't know
awesome. It was great. Yeah, thank you. I love the the piano you were doing on the "Is It Magic" song. I oh, yeah? wish I wish I could have had you play on on the <laughs> record. Maybe we can catch up at a show sometime. Of course, there'll have to be a piano there. That's always the trick, right? Right. Yeah. What yeah. kind of band do you tour with? Is it always changing or? Uh, no, it's been the same guys for a number of years now. It's like a four piece. It was a four piece, and now it's kind of become a five piece. It's like drums, bass. I play guitar, keys, pedal steel. Ooh, that's a big band. Recent addition, yeah. Does everybody, yeah, pedal steel is an addiction. I have a pedal steel player with me this summer. I had him last summer, Dan Aid. He's a local guy. Okay, I know that name. Yeah, Yeah, he's around. He's in Brooklyn. Nice. Yeah, it is an addiction. I'm like, can you play pedal steel on every song? He said, let me just space it out. Because he plays great regular guitar. So we space it out, but. I could have it on every song. Right, That's yeah. a big band, though. Does everybody sing harmonies? I sometimes get them all to sing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the keyboard player, John Andrews, he's uh, he's got his own whole solo thing that's really great called The Yawns. And so we've toured together. It's like his band and my band, and they're just the same band. It's just a different <laughs> front person. Yeah, uh, that's smart. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that before. So it's the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely uh, makes the changeover between sets very easy. Yeah, <laughs> financially it's yeah. easier. Yeah. Are you going to be on tour all summer, pretty much? Or um, I'm in in the fall is when I'll I'll go out. I do okay. have a um, a residency thing planned for July, like when the it'll end in like the record release party. So That's I'm doing fun. like three Fridays at this place, Union Pool. Oh, great. Um, so that should be fun. I'm trying to get some like special guests and make it fun. It's a party. Yeah. Last time I was at Union Pool, I danced in the front to a DJ. And there were only four of us there. Like oh, five really? of us, maybe. <laughs> I danced like I've never danced before. That's great. Yeah. Those are good nights. Yeah, those are good nights. I've had <clears throat> some good nights there. Thank you so much for doing this. I love your songs and I love playing. Likewise. And I loved meeting you finally after listening for so long. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, you've, your songs and everything have been pretty big in the, my consciousness for (laughs) it since I was a lot younger. So it was really, real honor to, to do it. Thank you. Well, I'll see you around and I'll come to a gig. Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for listening. Aww, what a sweet, down-to-earth guy. I love him. He's so great. I love his songs. I love his voice. Yeah, he's special. He's a deep lyricist, too. His songs are very earnest and kind of take you on a journey. Well, I like that we talked about the long song thing, because I really do feel like if it's that kind of a song and it holds the mood, it, you just want to be in that mood for a long time. Right. So and it doesn't feel long no. at all. It was it was really special to finally get to meet him and <laughs> play that song with him that Fine. I've been... It's been in my brain for four years. <laughs> it's been your favorite song for a long time. It's really one of my favorites. Check it out. Check out his new album. It's called Cut Worms. It is. That's right. It's self-titled. Self-titled. Yeah. And check him out on tour. Thanks for listening. The first song we did was my favorite. Song of the Highest Tower from Alien Sunset, 2017. Too Bad from his new self-titled album. We did Is It Magic, also from that album. We did Crying in the Rain, which is a Carol King song with lyrics by Howard Greenfield and was also recorded by the Everly Brothers. 
We did Sold My Soul from Nobody Lives Here Anymore 2020. Today's episode was recorded by Stephen Sacco, assisted by Jasper Leach, Maximilian Tropi, Tanner Wallace, Andrew Kohinka, and mixed by Jamie Landry. Edited by Sarah Oda. Additional editing and mixing by Matthew Vasquez. Additional engineering by Pete Rem. Artwork by Eliza Fry. Photography by Shervin Lenez. Produced by me and Sarah Oda. <laughs>